Last night it happened once again. Shots rang out on the town, sings Greg Robbins. Sounds that those of us in Louisville, Kentucky, and cities across the nation are all too familiar with. But we here at Solution to Balance, as well as our guests today, Barbara Boyd and Rose Smith, believe there is a way to silence the shots and end the balance that is occurring all too often in our cities. Welcome, friends. We are Forward Radio, WFMP 106.5 FM. You are listening to Solutions to Balance, a program sponsored by WFMP Radio. I'm Jim Johnson. Jamie McMillan and I are your hosts for Solutions to Balance. Our technical engineer is Carolyn Brooks Johnson. The following is part of WFMP's public affairs educational programming. The views expressed are those of our guests, not the station. Today's program was produced by the Louisville Fellowship of Reconciliation and the Louisville Swords of Justice as part of their third Thursday lunch series. Today's Solution to Balance program was originally recorded March 17, 2022. Our keynote speaker today is Rose Smith and Barbara Boyd. Beverly Marmion of the Louisville Fellowship of Reconciliation will introduce Barbara Boyd and Barbara Boyd will introduce Rose Smith. Good morning, everybody. I just want to say that it's a glorious day to celebrate St. Patrick. He was a good man. And uh, on St. Patrick's Day, everybody is Irish. But for now, we have our third Thursday lunch here on March 17th. And I'm Beverly Marmion. And I'm welcoming you on behalf of the Louisville Chapter of the Fellowship of Reconciliation and the Source of Justice Network to our promised program about gun violence, a very serious matter that has engulfed not only this entire country, but our own city of Louisville for far too long. And our program today featuring Rose Smith and Barbara Boyd is going to move you and enlighten you and will give you more insight into this situation than you have at the present time. But first of all, Jim Johnson is going to talk to us about the solutions to violence presentations of this program, and then Jim will introduce Barbara Boyd. So here we go. Jim? Welcome, folks. I'm Jim Johnson. It is my duty to explain to you that this third Thursday lunch is being recorded and will air on WFMP's Solution to Balance. Our topic today is Hurt to Hope and Ultimately to Healing, How Gun Violence Changed My Life with Rose Smith and Barbara Boyd. Barbara Boyd is the director of the Louisville branch of the Association for the Study of African-American Life and History. She's also on the board of directors of the Kentucky Alliance Against Racism and Political Repression and a director of Soars of Justice. Barbara will introduce Rose Smith and then she will share her personal story. Barbara Boyd, welcome to Third Thursday Lunch. Thank you, Jim. It's my pleasure to introduce Rose Smith. Rose Smith is a mother, wife, entrepreneur, advocate, and visionary. She is a gun violence survivor. Every town survivor, fellow survivor, membership lead of Louisville's Moms Demand Action Chapter, a grief specialist board member of Shook's Cancer Foundation, executive director and founder of the ACE Project and self-proclaimed Queen of Peace. After the tragic murder of her son, she birthed a new passion for change. As a social entrepreneur, she has created programs such as the Academy of Child Entrepreneurship, Youth Giving Back to the Community Through Service, ACE Healing Project Survivor, Surviving Gun Violence, a support group. Rose is turning her pain into powerful purpose. She is an advocate against gun violence. 
a voice of guidance for the youth in the community and a trusted ally for other mothers, mourning mothers. Her purpose is peace. People everywhere acting compassionately every day. And Rose has a gift of using acronyms to explain her purpose. Rose has used her heart to let others know there is hope and as a community, we can heal. I've known Rose for several years. I met her when the Kentucky Alliance had a turnaround bus to the 50th anniversary in Washington, D.C. But it's my pleasure to introduce Rose, Rose Smith. Thank you so much. Oh my God, that sounds like a lot. And I just like to say that I am, I guess my greatest joy is just being a mother and a wife. So, and family is very important to me. I first want to thank you all for allowing me this opportunity today. But I want to start off, always be spirit-led and I didn't plan on this. So I just go with my spirit and this is the way it has led me today. And it wants me to start off with this poem, A Pair of Shoes. I am wearing a pair of shoes. They're ugly shoes, uncomfortable shoes. I hate my shoes. Each day I wear them and each day I wish I had another pair. Some days my shoes hurt so bad that I don't think I can take another step. Yet I continue to wear them. I get funny looks wearing these shoes. They are looks of sympathy. I can tell that others' eyes that they are glad that they are my shoes and not theirs. They never talk about my shoes. To learn how awful my shoes are might make them uncomfortable. To truly understand these shoes, you must walk in them. But once you put them on, you can never take them off. I now realize that I am not the only one who wears these shoes. There are many pairs of these shoes in the world. Some women are like me and ache daily as they try to walk in them. Some have learned how to walk in them so they don't hurt quite as much. Some have worn the shoes so long that days will go by before they think about how much they hurt. No woman deserves to wear these shoes. Yet because of these shoes, I'm a stronger woman. These shoes have given me the strength to face anything. They have made me who I am. I will forever walk in the shoes of a woman who has lost a chat. I don't know why it didn't start with that, but it did. My name is Rose Smith, and I'm going to share my screen now. And I am the founder of the ACE Project. And I use ACE as an acronym for Act Compassionately Every Day, or Acting Compassionately Every Day. And this is our logo. And it, everything is very intentional. This all began uh, when I lost my son to murder. He was murdered in October 25th, 2014. My son was murdered. And he had a self-proclaimed nickname, Ace. And it was like instantly after Ace was murdered, Corey Crow was his birth name. Corey Michael Crow was his birth name. Self-proclaimed nickname was Ace. And after his death, two months later, after his death, I founded the Ace Project. And ACE Project is acting compassionate every day, but it's working with the hand you were dealt. And angel wings, I, I have my angel wings on now. And I have my necklace on. I wear my angel wings because I feel like ACE is my guardian angel. And ACE is inside there. You can see ACE, ACE, you see the wings. And the ribbon inside of our logo 
it was intentional as well because one side of that ribbon is cut shorter than the other. And that's because it is it, it represents and symbolizes a life cut short. And so when I do everything, I try to be very, very intentional. This right here is the last photo that my son and I took together on October 18, 2014. And exactly one week later, my ace was murdered. And I have a foundation, a council foundation as well. And this photo was taken during that time. We were volunteering at the foundation at this event. And Corey came to me and I've done many of uh, foundation events and never have time to take a picture, just go, go, go. But that particular day, he came to me and said, mom, take a break, take a break and take a picture. And am I so glad that I listened to that because this is the very last picture him and I took together. And one week later, he was, he was murdered. And I often say that Corey on that day that he was fatally injured and I was critically wounded. But with those wounds, I have to continue to go on and to try to make a change because I believe that all things work together for the good. And I have a quote on my calendar that says, in my world, nothing ever goes wrong. It's either a lesson or divine order. For me, I believe it was both a lesson and divine order. And I get into that later. But my son had a, a, a Instagram post that really birthed in me the ACE project. And I felt like he, that was on his Instagram just for me to get me moving and doing what I need to do, which is quit being a spectator. And all oh, there's another homicide. All this happened. Quit being a spectator and come out and be a participator and do something and make change and start making a change for a difference. And on his Instagram post, he had this. Every mother on earth gave birth to a child, except my mother. She birthed a legend, high five mom. And that right there, when I saw that, I was like, yes, sir, son, that is it. The ACE Project will be your legacy. And not only that, that is my promise to you. So I have something hanging up in the ACE Project that says the ACE Project, and it has his picture and everything. And I have a, a, a mother's promise and a son's, a son's legacy. And so just to fast forward a little bit and to hear my story, he was murdered on the corner of 25th and Standard. There was a boarding banded up building there. I don't know who and I don't know why. To this day, his homicide is still unsolved to this day. I don't know who did it, why, and it's unsolved. A lot of people don't know, and I'm being very transparent and I will share this, the 25th of every month for one entire year, I stood at the corner of 25th and Standard. I stood on that corner and to bring awareness, hoping somebody would be caught, so on and so forth, doing the vigils. But as I said, we're going in year eight this year and no one still have been held accountable. But in that, on that year of October of 2015, the news came by and they did a story and, you know, the media was there 
and I saw this picture of myself behind the house. And I was like, that is just not it. I told them I'd already started the ACE project. So we just started out by just doing community service, giving back, feeding the homeless, acts of kindness, taking and doing clothing drives, shoe drives, doing things, giving the shoes and stuff to the 15 district PTA, just whatever we could do, cleaning up the community, just giving back, just community service. That's all we did. And I would do trips. I took kids, uh, you know, trips to holiday world, stuff of that nature. And I saw myself behind this boarded, banded up house on with this picture right here on TV. And I thought, oh no, something's got to change. That is not the backdrop. That is, is not a very good backdrop. And something in my spirit said, purchase the house. And I did. I purchased the house and this is the house. This is what it looked like. And I purchased that house and made it a community center for youth. Not only is it a community center for the youth and the people in that community, we have grief counseling there. I have mothers of murder sons and daughters in support group meetings, the ACE Healing Project, where we're trying to have support group meetings and retreats for those who've been impacted by this gun balance. So it's a place, a safe place and a place of peace. And my ultimate goal is to continue. I'm pretty much done, done that and got it together. We built the community center. We got that all together and we required the youth to give back. That right, that young uh, gentleman right there, he's now uh, 12, which is Ace's son, which is, C we call him CJ Corey Jr. So they all got in there. They got their hands dirty. We start building and doing. And we also wrote messages in the walls and positive affirmations. And a lot of people don't know, even the builders don't. I wrote a letter, I typed it actually, wrote a letter to tell the story. If anybody came behind me and opened those walls up and I pulled back that insulation and I stuck it in the walls. And so there's a letter there in that wall from me that I also put in there as well. But I'm just hoping that that is a place of refuge. And when we did the ribbon cutting, which we opened up the ACE place is what I called it. We did the ribbon cutting and opened it up in May of 2019. And when we did that, I also released peace doves and butterflies to symbolize transformation and peace that's going to take on in that community. So those are some of the youth that was over there after we got through writing in the walls and all of that, we did that. The I think one uh, really good thing about this story is the people that God has brought in my life because of AIDS. He has brought so many people together of all different ages and nationalities. And that's what peace is all about people everywhere acting compassionately every day. And so this is Shay McAllister, who is a journalist with WHAS 11 News, who actually was the one that came out the year after my son uh, was murdered. And she did the story that day. And it is almost uh, well, for us, it's seven years later, and she's still in our life, and, and I consider her a daughter, and she considered me her, her Louisville mother, but she took the story, and, and she was able to 
uh, put it out there and pitch to the Techno Foundation to help us to rehab the house. And, and a lot of organizations came together to help us to make it happen. And even today, she sits on the board, she chairs the board of the ACE Project. So I'm just really, really grateful of the relationships that it brought. This right here is, this is the finish outside of it. And I often say it was from a crime scene to a compassionate, a compassionate community center from tragedy to triumph. And the whole thing about it, I did not want my son's death to be the only way that he was remembered. And I also don't want others to have to walk in the painful shoes that I walk in, you know, uh, some people say, oh, you're so strong, you're so this, but I just want people to know it still hurts. And, and I just can't believe that God allows such a thing to happen and that no good will come out of, you know. And every time, it's like every time I turn on the TV, and hear of another homicide, another murder. It's like throwing salt on my open wounds, you know, and I feel like there's something that we can do, you know, every day. It's, you know, it's just like, you know, my ace, he got a death sentence, but I got life. I got a life sentence without my son, you know, and that's not an easy thing you know, to do, to get a life sentence, you know, after um, after that, because I got life watching his son grow up without a father. And after the ACE project, after we got that up and going, which was, uh, I said, May of 2019, is probably about a few months after that, October, I was introduced to Moms Demand Action. I think the universe said, let's her get this house together first. Then I'm going to give her another door to walk into. And that's exactly what he did. I was introduced to Moms Demand Action, which is a grassroots organization movement of Americans fighting for a public safety measure that can protect people from gun violence. I joined that movement, which I'm telling you, it's, it's probably more than six million strong. We're working together to combat gun violence and to build, you know, safer communities. And so that is some of the work that I'm doing. Kathy Mikis, the mom's demand has opened up the door for me for that advocacy part. That's the part that once she came to me and introduced me to that, it's like a fire was lit inside of me where I can get out and my voice can be heard and I can tell the story also of my son. You know, so I've been able to talk to legislators, go talk to uh, different organizations and stuff of that nature and doing community walks. But I'm going to tell you what really is a thing that helps with the hurt in this. When I first did my first speaking engagement with moms, and this is it right here, and you see uh, my grandson on the corner, on the sofa there, I usually take this is a throw. I used to say blanket throw or whatever. The funeral home gave me this throw and they gave that to me as a gift. And I put it on my sofa. And the thing about it, I was in the kitchen one day and I was just in the kitchen cooking and my 
grandson has a younger brother. His name is Sean. And Sean and CJ was in the house just running around playing. And I heard my grandson say to his brother, Sean, come with me. Come with me in the living room. And so I'm stopped and I'm like, okay, where's this going? He says to his brother, come into the living room, Sean, so I can go and sit on my daddy's lap. My grandson was referring to the throw, the blanket on the sofa. And he, just last, over the weekend, he comes to my house every weekend. He came in and I saw my son laying across the, 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 uh, the sofa on, his, on the throat because I know when he goes there, he feels as he's with his dad. And so that's why I do the work that I do because my grandson or no child should have to go to a sofa and sit on a throw and substitute or in absence of their dad. That's a, that's a terrible thing to, to watch. And that's why I say my son got a death sentence, but I'm doing life, life without him, life watching his son suffer, life while I suffer and still work through the pain. But I know we have to press on and I got to do the right thing and I want to make a change and I want to speak and I do believe that we can have peace. And I think that we can have less balance if we just all come together. This is a, a last year and this is my chapter center is kind of where we kind of had it at. We started it, but we had the World Orange Community Peace Walk. And this is where we gathered up and we had a lot of different speakers and all that. And so we do a lot of things, you know, ACE is doing a lot of things, trying to get out, you know, in the community and trying to make a difference. This right here is where we stop the balance. It was us. We're on stop the balance. Enough is enough. Well, I, I beg to differ. I think enough is, it's way, we're over, it's overdue. We got way more than enough. But I just want to say that I just want to put a plug in with Mom's Demand just real quick and because I want to give her plenty of time, Barbara, plenty of time to speak. So I, I said I want to give myself to about 1230. But we also, we have several things with Mom's Demand. We have Every Town is a Movement of More Than 6 Million Americans Working Together to End Gun Balance and to Build Safer Communities. Mom Demand, along with uh, the Mayors Against Illegal Guns and Students Demand Action, are all a part of the Every Town Moms Action, and Moms is the grassroots of Every Town. And we have a lot of, I got some statistics. I'm not going to go on with a lot of statistics, but I think a couple of uh, important statistics are, uh, first of all, there are in the Kentucky, this is just Kentucky, in the average year, 770 people have died by guns. That's just in Kentucky. And in Kentucky, Black people are two times more likely than white people to die of gun violence. But white people are two times more likely than blacks to die of gun suicide. And black people are seven times more likely than white people to die of gun homicides. And then the cost of uh, in Kentucky, $4.9 billion each year is the cost of which 181 million are paid by tax 
uh, taxpayer dollars. Those are staggering statistics. We got to do something to make a change. And with uh, Moms Demand, we have a, a, a program called Be Smart. And Be Smart is a framework designed to help parents and adults normalize conversations about gun safety and take responsible actions that can prevent a child's uh, gun deaths and injuries. Some tragedies can be prevented, suicides, intentional shootings, even sh uh, school shootings, but we must do our part. Be responsible, lock them up. Owning a gun is your right, but let's be smart about it and do our part. And so when you say be smart, it's securing all guns in your homes and vehicles. The M is model responsible behavior around guns. Ask about the presence of guns. If you're sending your child or grandchild in someone else's home, ask questions. Make sure that they're doing the right things in their home. Recognize the role that suicide plays. And tell peers, the T is tell peers. And for more information, you can go to besmartforkids.com. For stats, you can go to Everytown Stats. You can get the stats there for information with ACE Project. You can go to aceprojectky.org. We have a Facebook and we have our number 778-2565. And then for more information about Moms Demand, you could text 644-33 to get more information on Moms Demand. But what I want to say is, that we all can play a part. We all can do something. And let's uh let's uh come off the bench. Let's 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 get out of the seat. Let's get off the sidelines. Let's stop being spectators and be participators because we all can play a part. And if you have not experienced this violence or anything like that, consider yourself blessed. And I tell you, because I don't want another person to have to walk in my shoes. I do want to say this real quick. These are some of the programs that ACE offers. We have a lot of different things. And, and I, I kind of mentioned those in the beginning. Uh, this is a few of the kids at, in ACT at the ACE. These are my ACE angels, some of the board members and, and those that are associated with us who are my right hands. And this is us when we did that ribbon cutting. And I always like to say, y'all keep your eyes out on ACE because we got so much work to do. We pretty much got the house done. One thing we're working on now is we're trying to do a community peace garden, a memorial peace garden, where we want to put back in the backyard a fountain, some flowers, a real nice area where people can go and we can have, we're going to have rocks with loved ones' names on it who's been lost to gun violence. So I'm looking to try to put up a fence back there and try to do that. So that's my next project, trying to put a memorial peace garden in the back of the ACE project. So I say the best is yet to come and I believe it with everything in me. Thank you for this opportunity for allowing me to tell my story and I appreciate everyone's time today. Thank you so much, Rose. Thank you. And I'm sure people are going to have questions, but we're going to ask you to kind of hold off on them until, and this is Barbara Boy talking, until I share my story with you. It's not going to take long, but fast forward from the March on Washington, Rose, when we shared a bus together to today, 
March 17, 2022. January, well, New Year's Day, 2020, right before the start of the pandemic, I got a call about three o'clock in the morning from my daughter, my oldest daughter. And I knew she was calling to wish me Happy New Year because that's what we do. In my family, we all call each other. And, you know, we've heard all the guns go off and we've all been to church and we just want to wish everybody a Happy New Year. And one of the things is they always say your birthday is tomorrow because I was born on January 2nd. So New Year's, January 2nd is kind of synonymous. And my daughter was crying and I'm thinking, you know, it's not that serious. She was at the hospital and she said, mom, um, I'm at the hospital. Austin got shot. Austin is my, let's see, there's Cameron, Tink, Jeremy. I have 11 grandsons and and I, I just hope everybody will just bear with me because this is not an easy subject to talk about, even though it happened in 2020. I have Cameron, my oldest, Tink, who we lost right before Christmas, Jeremy, his brother, Tink and Jeremy are Austin's brothers. Then there's Corey. And if I'm not mistaken, after Corey, it's Austin. He's so he's my fifth born grandson. And at the time, Austin was 21 years old. And I couldn't get myself together quick enough, but I got to the hospital, University Hospital, about four. And Kim was there and she told me that he had got shot in the head. So they they don't tell you anything. You you you're waiting in the waiting room and you, you want to go back and see, they, they let us go back and they had him heavily sedated and we didn't know what was the outcome was going to be. And one of the things I asked my daughter to send me some information and she says that no one realizes the long-term effects that gun violence has on the community. It doesn't end at the crime scene. From the emergency room to ICU, to rehab, and then home, and then the long road to recovery. In the beginning, you have plenty of, of lookers on, offering help that never comes. But all fades away and reality sets in. You wake up six months later, and it's you and your child, and the mess that you have to deal with. And she says that with a smile. All along, the person who committed the crime is going on with his life because the police and detectives have several other new cases they have to deal with. From the bed baths to the wound cleaning, tube feedings, round-the-clock pain medication, and constant diaper changes, surviving on 20 hours of sleep a week while trying to hold down a full-time job. I don't think anyone really understands. And these are the words from, from my daughter, Tara Anderson. We do this, those of us who don't send our children to a nursing home, because we know that a nursing home 
is no place for a 23-year-old. And Austin is 23 right now, but it even gets more eventful. We do this because there are our, they are our children who have had their youth taken away from them. In my case, all because my son was well-liked by too many people from the wrong neighborhood. My son and my grandson has two daughters, now two and three years old, who will never know how wonderful their dad was. They will never be able to play in the park with him or do anything the kids do with their dads. People think that we are the lucky ones because so many of my son's friends didn't survive. But is my son really lucky? I often ask myself that, and my answer is always the same. God had a plan for him. I would just be glad when he clues us in on that plan. We didn't get into the cost because it's phenomenal. For some reason, everyone believes that those victims will get Medicaid and everything will be taken care of. So not true. So many times I had to fight for my son's pain medication, his medication that regulates his heart and so many other things. Then there are the diapers, the wipes, extra sheets, pads for the bed, not to speak of how many times you need to go to the laundry. My son is just lucky that I can speak for him and I'm not afraid to. I am his voice. And believe me when I say they do not want to mess with this mother, that's the truth. I do feel blessed to still have my son here with me, to be shot twice, so we didn't get into that. Fast forward to June 2021, my son had just went out for a minute. At this point, when he was released from the hospital, the first time he was able to walk, talk, and there were occasions that he would drive. But fast forward to June 2021, he was shot in the head a second time, the same side, and he survived. He was blessed because when he was shot the first time, and you have to really give a lot of credence to the doctors and nurses that are in the trauma department of the University of Louisville Hospital in Louisville, Kentucky. Because not only was Austin in the hospital, surviving from the first gunshot wound and multiple surgeries, and they had to remove the right side of his skull because of the swelling, and they put a plate in. And, I, and if you don't have a, a strong constitution and stomach, you might not want to listen, but this is reality. And they put a plate in on the right side of his head. And it was unbeknownst to us that that plate would save his life because he was shot again in June, 2021. Same side of the head, same side. And the plate 
kept the bullet from piercing his brain. But my daughter has to go all the things that I just shared with you. She has to relive it. And this time, she's at the hospital 24-7. She goes home once a week to take uh, a good shower. She cleans at the hospital, but she takes a good shower when she goes home. And then there are other mothers, their sons and even daughters that are coming in that are victims of gunshots. It's not just her, but let me, let me continue. She says that she does feel blessed to still have her son with her. To be shot twice in the head in two separate incidents, he is truly a talking, thinking, funny, charismatic miracle. He inspires her daily to make a difference. He is wonderful. She wishes you could meet him. She'll tell you he does not look like what he's been through. He is bedridden and he's wheelchair bound. He's paralyzed on one side of his body. He can move, I believe it's the, the right side, but the left side, he can't. She also says that, so maybe that is it. Maybe he is here to, he is here to inspire someone in the same way that he inspires his mother. When she crawls into bed with her back hurting from lifting and turning and all the stooping and bending that she has to do, she thinks about what she's going through. And then she thinks about what he's going through and it makes her pain not so bad. Her name is Tara Anderson and her son survived two actions of gunshot violence. And he's 23 years old. And that's our story. It not only affected her, he has two young children, three and two. He has a grandmother. He has cousins that look up to him. He has brothers and sisters, aunts and uncles, friends. It's affected all of us. When we go to a graduation because, well, I will say that Austin was able to go to California before he was shot the second time to help celebrate his cousin, another grandson's graduation from, uh, I can't even think of the school, but it's in California, numbers two dental school. I have a grandson that's a dentist and he was able to celebrate that, but Austin won't be able to celebrate. Well, well I don't know, he's, he's, he's talking, he's eating. I heard that a couple of weeks ago, he tried to stand. So he is a miracle. And God did spare him for a reason. And we'll find out more about that. And Rose, maybe his children will come to the AIDS Project because as they get older, they're going to need it. And it, it, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking to look at someone that was so vibrant that all the acronyms that his mother gave him, that he can 
just do nothing now. We have some questions and I'm going to go to the chat room, Rose, and I'll read them off and you can answer. Let's see. Just give me a second. I can't scroll back up, but if anyone has any questions and I'm not reading them, can you resend them and um, I will go over them for Rose. You know, this is, it's, it's a nightmare that never ends. I don't know if any of you out there ever watched The Twilight Zone, but it's almost like one of those episodes from The Twilight Zone. David Harvest says there's no way we can understand the pain Barbara and Rose are sharing, but we must hear these details to be in solidarity and support with compassion. How can we best support ACE and others in our community working on community safety for all? I do have an ask, and I've been asking this for eight months now. A friend of mine lost her husband and he had electronic wheelchair. She has gifted that wheelchair to Austin. It's motorized, it needs two batteries, it needs a tune-up, but I cannot get anyone to service that wheelchair. And then once the wheelchair is serviced, it needs to be transported to uh, Connerton, Florida. And all of that costs money. The wheelchair in and of itself was $10,000, however, it was gifted to him. We just need to get it working and in order and get it to Austin so that with the side that he's not paralyzed in, he can use the remote control and he will have a way to be mobile. And if anyone out there is so willing are knows of any organizations that could help with uh, this kind of project. Maybe we can work through ACE, Rose, and get that wheelchair to Austin. He's 23, he's bedridden. And the only thing he could do is look out the window. Let's see, are there any more questions? If you can, David Arodi, if you can bring Tara Goodlett to the Zoom, Tara Anderson to the Zoom, people can meet her um, because she is on the Zoom. If the two of you had an opportunity to talk to Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul, what would you say? Rose, if you had an opportunity to talk to Mitch McConnell or Rand Paul. I don't know if I can say it on here. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> um, <laughs> that you cannot continue doing the same things and expect different results. We must do things different. We must make change. So what you're doing is not working. The laws and all of that. So we need to do things different. So if we want change, we got to do things different. That's just like with the uh, Ace House. Believe it or not, it was, I, I didn't go into it because I only had so much time, but it wasn't easy getting the Ace House. 
the neighbors in the community was totally against it. It was a, when I tell you it was a fight, it was a fight and people are afraid of change. And now I'm in the neighborhood, it's okay. But when I went before the zoning and all that, and when the neighbors came in, there was only one neighbor that showed up that was for us. It was some that said it in the neighborhood, but didn't sh show up at the, uh, at the zoning event. But what you have to do is you have to do things different. And they, everybody thought a community center, it's a house, it's, but who's to say what's wrong with doing things different. So what I see down the line is doing things different. We see the big community centers, a hundred and plus kids, and they're not all getting good attention. Well, what's wrong with having these community safe houses in the community that can go outside their doors and right there, you got a safe place for these individual and kids to go. They don't have to worry about this balance and gun balancing and all that stuff, catching a bus, trying to get somewhere. So my dream, that's only the ace place on uh, 23rd and standard, 25th and standard. That is just number one. I see more ace places in the community. So I would say to them, you have to change. Change is good. And let's sit down and talk and see what we can do for common ground. But this gun balance, there, we can make a difference. But it starts with us and changing our mind and how we think about things. Thank you, Rose. If we could get Tara Goodlett back to show her face and have her just say something. Uh, Tara Anderson. I mean, it's, there you go. Hi, Kim. This is my daughter. And Hello. you see she's a young woman. Um, Kim, do you want to say something real quick? There's not really much to say. You, you read our story. You know what our story is. The only thing that I would like to say is that I don't think people understand how many people are that there are out there that actually need help with resources. When Austin was in University of Louisville Hospital, I've met a lot of parents that didn't know what was available for them. And I'm always open to share my story, always open to tell people what I know and how to get resources for their children, how to get around certain things, because if you don't know, they won't tell you. So those kind of things are, are needed. At Frazier, when you leave the rehab, there are certain things your child's going to need, and sometimes they don't tell you. So some if they have a liaison or someone that can guide you through your next steps, that's important. I moved to Florida but that's something that before my son passed away, that's yeah. something that I was going to do. I was going to get information together and just go down there and give that to parents that were being discharged so they would know, so they wouldn't have the troubles that I had when I was leaving, knowing how to get supplies, knowing where to get your supplies, knowing how to navigate the Medicaid system, how to get your medicine, how to get it on time, all those things are resources that are invaluable and that they don't give you. So I just think that when you're advocating for gun violence, don't forget that, yes, there are a lot of people that pass away from gun violence. There are a large majority that survive and they need resources too. And it's not all monetary. Some of it exists 
knowing how to get supplies, how to navigate the system. It's this education and that doesn't cost anything. That's it. Is Austin close by? Austin is sleep and I don't want to wake him up. He was up all night. Um, he was saying he was in pain, so he was uh, shaking his legs all night. The restless leg syndrome has come back, so he's been shaking his legs all night, telling me he needed medicine. So he's been sleep and quiet this morning, so I'm trying to let him be quiet. <laughs> she does not leave his side. No, I sleep right here in, in the same room he sleeps in, and I'm for... Almost a year now, I have not slept in a regular bed. So I told him when we move this next time, I am going to have my own room. I'm not going to sleep in the same room with Austin. <laughs> um, uh, let's see. Lynn Robinson says, what a heartwarming, tearful program. Thank you, Rose, Barbara, and Kim from your friend in Baltimore. Well, I, the reason I wasn't on camera while you were telling the story, I was crying. So I'm like, I, I said, I'm not going to be on this camera crying. <laughs> so, but, but it's yeah, real. I, and if, but if, if anyone, I am, I keep notes on who to call, when to call them, where to call. So if there is an organization that is there locally that wants to do that, I have information. I'm just not in the city. And I, uh, so I'm in Florida, so I can't do that part. But those are the things that are needed. And they need things that don't cost money, like somebody to go and sit with their child while they go home and take a shower. Just, just, just those kind of things. Those are the things that are needed for our angels that are still here. That's all. I'd like to connect with you, Tara, to get more information on that so I can possibly work, you know, in that mm -hmm. arena, try to partner with somebody in that area. So I'd like to get some of your information sure. that I get with Barbara. Sure, sure. sure. And I mean, Barbara, it's just, yes. Tara, Rose, due to time constraints here with our program, I need to break in. We'll put information that's coming from you all on the FOR website that you've been offering and advising us to do. But right now, I, apart from thanking you tremendously, all of you for coming here and being so open and honest with you about what gun violence has meant in your lives, I need to announce our program for April. So let me do that now. We are going to have a program about Ukraine on April 21st, which is the third Thursday in April, and that's five weeks from today. I have some homework to give to you all. First of all, we have been poorly served by our media, including PBS and NPR, our commercial media, and that they are telling a totally one-sided, one-dimensional story about what is going on, what has led up to the Ukraine war and what is going on from day to day. We, they cannot seem to depart from the uh, story that President Zelensky of, of Ukraine is, is a hero and President Putin of Russia is a demon. 
and leave, they leave out totally the picture of the NATO pressures and the actions of the United States government and other European countries across the 30 years since the Soviet Union broke up. But we have found someone who can tell us that story and also analyze what is gone, going on from day to day. And his name is Anatole Levin. He is a British journalist, political analyst, and student of Eastern Europe and Southeast Asia for the last 30 years. And he has agreed to speak to our program in April. Uh, we're going to be posting on our website next week the information about him and about his program and his bio. But first of all, I want to leave you with some homework. If you will go to the FOR website, which is louisvillefor.org, you will see a statement headlining our webpage, and that is a statement about Ukraine. And if you click on that, it will take you to the next screen, which gives the statement from a coalition called the Coalition to Prevent War with Russia. It's, an or, it's a statement coming from at least 100 peace or, and justice organizations around the country, including this Louisville chapter, the National FOR and the International FOR in, in Amsterdam, stating our opposition to the war and our urging to return to diplomacy to uh, stop the bloodshed and get back to the negotiating table. Further, once you are back on the homepage for louisvillefor.org, look up to the top of the page and click on Forsooth News. And you will see there takes you to Forsooth News and the for item on that list just keep scrolling down that screen of news items. You'll come to a statement which our own local chapter has written called, Diplomacy in Ukraine is still the best option. Uh, we submitted this to the Courier Journal several weeks ago, but as of yet, the Courier has chosen not to publish it. But in any case, we are going to get a fuller picture and a more understanding of the situation in five weeks time on April 21st at our third Thursday lunch there. Now, a lot of things are gonna happen between now and then. Five weeks is a very long time, especially when there is war going on in Ukraine. But we promise you in five weeks, we're gonna get a better understanding of what's going on. And so look to our website for information about our speaker, links to various articles he has written and interviews he has given, including one last week on Amy Goodman's Democracy Now! program, where he was analyzing the situation as of right then. So for now, I bid you all goodbye. And again, thank you to our, our three remarkable speakers today. And I hope to see you again on April 21st. So bye-bye for now. Folks, we're out of time. We want to thank our keynote speakers, Rose Smith and Barbara Boyd. We want to thank the Lua Fellowship for Reconciliation and Swords of Justice for sponsoring our third Thursday lunch event. We want to thank our radio audience. The Solutions to Violence program that features Rose Smith and Barbara Boyd will air again March 22nd and March 23rd. Solutions to Violence airs at 5 p.m. on Mondays, 8 a.m. on Tuesdays, and 6 a.m. on Wednesdays. You can listen live stream if you visit us at forwardradio.org and click on Listen Live Now. 
This program featuring Earl Smith and Bob Report will be placed in our archives March 23rd. To listen via our archives, visit us forwardvideo.org and choose Program Archives, and then scroll down to the Solution to Violence program that features Barbara Boyd and Rose Smith. If you'd like to share your thoughts about our discussion with Rose Smith and Barbara Boyd, you can reach us with the following email address, solutiontobalance18 at gmail.com. I'm Jump Johnson. My co-host is Jamie McMillan. Our technical engineer is Carolyn Brooks Johnson. Thanks for listening.